1: Consider the word uncanny. What do we mean when we say a thing is uncanny? Well, Webster's New International Dictionary, second edition unabridged, gives as its first definition, not safe to deal with, dangerous. And as its second, the one we use familiarly, ghostly, mysterious, eerie, weird, unnatural. But I like best Sigmund Freud's description of the uncanny as something familiar, but forgotten. It adds up to 96. Now what does that mean? I don't know, Uncle Edgar. It could mean I'm going to live to be 96, couldn't it? I don't know. Or war divide by 12. It could mean in six months I'll be dead. The mystery drama, No Way Out, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Elspeth Eric and stars Earl Hammond. It is sponsored in part by Sinoff, the sinus medicines. I'll be back shortly with Act One. We all feel that we know what we mean when we say a thing is uncanny. But perhaps it is not the thing that is uncanny, but the feeling it arouses in us. And if we accept Freud's interpretation of the uncanny as something familiar but forgotten, well then, there's always the chance, isn't there, that we will remember what it is. Listen now to the story we have elected to call No Way Out. I'll tell you the truth. I never liked my Uncle Edgar. Well, actually, I never liked my Aunt Catherine, either. Still, at the time all this happened, I was seeing him fairly frequently and with some regularity. After all, he was my only living relative, Aunt Kate having died some years before, and I was his. So, it was natural that we should keep in touch. Also, he was very rich, and I was not. Another reason for keeping in touch at the time of the events i'm about to relate i was as they say uh, involved with a young woman but not as they insist upon saying committed her name was mimi mcgowan and she was a bit of a featherhead but even mimi had heard of my uncle edgar
2: edgar logan you said edgar logan yeah that's what i said he's your uncle You mean to sit there and tell me Edgar Logan is your uncle? I'm sitting here, and I'm telling you. Why didn't you ever tell me before? The subject never came up. But Edgar Logan? Goodness gracious, Mark. Edgar Logan, your uncle? And you never told me? (laughs) All you know about Edgar Logan... He owns all kinds of oil wells all over the place, and... Uh, Silver
1: mines. He owns silver mines.
2: Oh. uh, I thought it was oil wells.
1: No, 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 not silver mines.
2: Well, some of mine's are nice.
1: <laughs> Very nice. He has several.
2: Is he married?
1: Oh, he was. To my Aunt Kate.
2: He's divorced. How long has he been divorced?
1: He's not divorced. You said... Aunt Kate died a few years ago.
2: Oh, what a shame. How old is he? Oh, um,
1: about 50, I guess.
2: Oh, that's not old. Not really old. Tell me about him. Why? Because I'm interested.
1: I'll just bet you are.
2: Why wouldn't I be interested in somebody who's related to you? Well,
1: you never have been before.
2: Honey, I never even knew you had any relatives. You never mentioned any.
1: Uh, there aren't any except him. My mother's dead, and so is my father. And I've got no brothers or sisters or Your cousins.
2: uncle, Edgar, and uh, uh what's her name? Uh, his wife? Uh,
1: Aunt Catherine. I call her Aunt Katie.
2: They didn't have any children? Nope, not one. Hey, where are you going? What, 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 what? I'm not going anyplace. I, I just want to get a paper and pencil. What's the word? Never mind. Go right on talking. I can do this and listen to you at the same time. What are you doing? Tell me about his wife, uh, your Aunt Kate. What was she like? Aunt Kate? Well, let's we'll see. Aunt Kate was...
1: She was the most totally depressed woman I ever met. Depressed? Mm, completely.
2: Oh, well, what did she have to be depressed about?
1: Uh, Mimi... There are lots of people who are just depressed, not about anything. They're just depressed. I, myself, am somewhat depressed about uh, six days out of seven.
2: I never knew that.
1: But Aunt Kate was chronically depressed. You know, depression hung all over like a like a shroud.
2: My goodness.
1: Of course. She wasn't well. She was sick? I didn't say she was sick. I said she wasn't well. She was always having to go lie down. She was
2: tired.
1: Tired. Or Dizzy. Why was she dizzy? She got dizzy every so often from hyperventilating.
2: What's hyperventilating?
1: Taking big, deep breaths.
2: I thought that was supposed to be good for you, taking big, deep breaths. Not
1: if you take too many.
2: Oh, I see.
1: Sometimes she'd faint.
2: From taking too many deep breaths? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. So what the heck are you doing? Are you writing a letter? No, I'm not writing a letter. I'll tell you in a minute. Go on about your Aunt Kate. Well, they, uh, lived in this,
1: ooh, this big penthouse.
2: Penthouse, huh? uh uh-huh, with a
1: terrace on all four sides. All four sides? Oh, it was spectacular.
2: I've never even seen a penthouse with a terrace on all four sides. I've never even seen a penthouse. All I've ever seen is dumps like this one, or like yours. Well, go on. Well, one
1: day uh, she went out on the terrace. Uh, she was hyperventilating, and she got dizzy. And I guess she fainted. Anyway, she fell off.
2: Oh, that's sad. Uh, did she, um, uh, did she die?
1: Well, she fell from the 22nd floor.
2: Very sad. How long ago did this happen?
1: Oh, um, five, six years, something like that.
2: And your uncle never got married again?
1: No. Well, you know, I guess he really loved her. He still talks about her a lot. What a wonderful woman she was, yeah. You know, he still takes flowers out to the cemetery and puts them on her grave. Really? I drive him out. Oh, in his car, of course. He has a chauffeur, but, you know, when he goes to the grave, he likes me to drive him. Sure. I wait in the car while he takes the flowers to the grave. That's and, nice. You know, he stays five or ten minutes. Then he comes back to the car, and I drive him home hmm It's the least I can do.
3: Oh no. Hey, what what's what? Oh no what's the
2: matter? What happened?
1: Oh
2: he's a four. A what? Your uncle is a four. Oh, yeah, what <laughs> well what's a four? Numerically. Edgar Logan adds up to a four. Look. See? Here's how it adds up Edgar 54719, Logan, 36715. Add them up and you get 40. 4, O. Oh. The O doesn't count, so that makes him a 4. Oh, that's terrible. Why is it terrible? What's so terrible about being a four? It's the worst you can be. Unimaginative, uninspired, a clod. Absolutely a clod, a complete clod. You don't believe that stuff, do you? Of course I believe it. I myself am a five. Clever, a risk taker, very active sexually. Uh, Did you know that the word sex actually adds up to five? Oh, I never knew. But your uncle, a four... Oh, of course, um, fours are also very industrious. They work hard. Oh, well, that's him. But the sad part is, four is the number of failure. Uh, that is not him. Don't tell him I told you this. It, it might depress him. Oh, no, 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 oh, I wouldn't dream of it. Maybe there's some way we can fix it. Maybe he could come out of five like me. Probably not a nine, which is the very best. But uh, maybe a six or an eight. Well, I, yeah, how do we do that? I don't suppose he'd change his name. At his age? Yeah, I don't think so. Mm, we'll think of something. (laughs) I just can't believe that you're uh,
1: serious about this whole thing.
2: Mark, numbers rule our lives. Numbers have mystical significance. Numbers have vibrations, like light and electricity and magnetism and molecules. Didn't you know that? Uh, no, I never knew that. And vibrations, Mark... Vibrations control our characters, and our destinies.
1: A few days later, Uncle Edgar called me for lunch. Always a big treat for me, and I look forward to it. By the time we went to lunch, I'd practically forgotten Mimi's horror at Edgar's being a four, with his concomitant attribute of being a clod and a failure. Nothing about that luncheon suggested anything but well-larded <laughs> success. Had enough? Oh, are you kidding? Satisfied? Oh, better than that. Now then, we we'll get the check. Uh, waiter, uh, check here. Uh, won't be able to drive you home, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. Darkest thing happened. On the way here, I got sideswiped by a taxi. Oh, huh? too much damage? No, uh, ruined the paint job. Ah, oh, that's too bad. Of course, I had the chauffeur take it right to the shop. Can't drive around with it looking like that. Did hey, I ever tell you what I paid for that car? Uh, you told me. Plenty. Anyway, that's not why I brought it up. Uh, thing is, I got the license number of the cab that sideswiped me. It was 217... Oh, here's a check. Yeah, thank you. 2172, that was the number of the cab. <laughs> Isn't that the darnest thing? Oh, I don't know. Is it? Well, don't you get it? Two one seven two well I don't think that's I, um... my address that's where I live oh, okay. oh yeah yeah twenty one south seventy second yeah well you know and what a coincidence, huh <laughs> Uncanny isn't it? Well, I'll have to tell Mimi 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 who who's Mimi that's uh, the girl I know. <laughs> How do you meet all these girls? I never meet any you don't get around enough yeah no, I guess not my age okay you're not that old keep remembering kate it's been a long time i know i know but i can't forget her mark (laughs) such a wonderful woman i was her whole life she she never gave a thought to herself just me i was her whole life wonderful woman (laughs) here here, you do this what's that add up the check i always do that they'll cheat you if you give them half a chance (laughs) I can't, I can't see so good. My, my eyes get all misty talking about Kate. Clouded <laughs> my glasses. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. <sighs> it's about time we made another trip to the cemetery, Mark. Yeah, any time you say. And I think of that little lady lying out there all by herself in the cold ground. No, Uncle. Aches my heart. <laughs> when I get the car out of the shop two, three days, we'll go out to the cemetery, okay? Yeah, Okay. okay. In the meantime, uh, maybe you'll introduce me to this uh, Mimi person. Sure, if you want me to. Yeah, got to get out more. Got to stop brooding about Kate. That's right. Haven't you got that check added up yet? Huh? Oh yeah, yeah. I just wanted to be sure. Well, you can add, can't you? Yes, but I, I get to... yourself one of these pocket computers if you can. Uncle, I've added it three times. It always comes out the same, Ben. It's correct. Hand it over, I'll pay. It. Here. Twenty-one dollars and seventy- seventy-two cents. Yeah. Good Lord. Two-one-seven-two. License plate, my address. Now this. right it's... it's uh, uncanny. I kept telling myself it was a coincidence. Just a coincidence. That's all it was. The same number turning up on the same day three times? A coincidence. That's all. But that didn't stop a shiver from running through me. That didn't keep me from feeling that the whole thing was... uncanny. There it is again. That word uncanny. Dangerous, not safe to deal with. Or... Mysterious, weird, unnatural. Or... And this is the definition not given in the dictionary, familiar but forgotten. It is this last meaning that we shall explore when I return shortly with Act Two. heard of pythagoras the great greek mathematician who lived in the sixth century bc you know his theory about the right angle triangle but did you know he was the first man to teach that the world is shaped like a sphere that the morning star and the evening star are the same and not a star at all but a planet called venus even if you knew all these things it is unlikely that you know that he was the originator ...of the magic practice called numerology. When the phone rang the day after my luncheon with Uncle Edgar, I thought, well, it certainly were fast about fixing his car. All set to go to the cemetery, I thought. Make our periodic visit to put flowers on Aunt Kate's grave. Uh, hello? Mark, this is Uncle Edgar. Oh, uh, yes, sir. I was expecting to hear from you. You were? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, one of these days. Your car's Okay
3: calling about my car.
1: Oh, I thought you were.
3: It's not out of the shop yet.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were calling about going to the cemetery.
3: Oh, oh, that.
1: Yeah, well, anytime you want to go, you know, it's all right with me. Oh,
3: be- before we do that, Mark, I was wondering, you remember at lunch we were talking about, you know, me getting out more?
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember.
3: You know, meeting people?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should do that.
3: And I'm not that old.
1: Well, you certainly are not.
3: So, yeah, I thought...
1: Remember you told me about a girl, uh, I think her name was, uh, Mimi? Yeah, Mimi McGowan. Yeah, that's the one. I thought maybe you could, uh, introduce me to her. Yeah, I could do that. Fine, fine, that's fine. I thought the three of us could have lunch together, you know, at the usual place. Uh, you think she'd like that? Did I think she'd like it? <laughs> I knew she'd like it. She'd be crazy about it. Well, she'd eat lunch any place with a man who owned a string of silver mines so i arranged it uh, the luncheon the three of us and then i arranged another one and then i arranged a dinner and pretty soon i didn't have to arrange anything anymore because mimi and uncle edgar were arranging things between themselves <laughs> oh I, well, i'll admit i was a little upset after all mimi and i were involved if not committed and one day, I stopped in at her place without calling first.
2: Oh, Mark! How nice. Come in. Guess who's here? Oh,
1: I couldn't possibly. Hello, Mark. Uh, hello, Uncle
2: Edgar. Mark, you want a drink or anything?
1: Uh, no, no, I, I don't want anything.
2: We were just about to open a bottle of champagne.
1: Are you celebrating something?
2: Kind of. I'm moving out of here. I'm taking a new apartment. Uh,
1: is that so? Well, I happened to see one I thought it would be just right for the young lady. Well, oh. <laughs> <I>, that's swell. <laughs> I happen to know the owner of a high-rise that's just gone up.
2: You know how hard apartments are to find these days. Oh, yes. And
1: yeah. I was able to persuade him that Mimi here would be a very desirable tenant.
2: Isn't your uncle the sweetest, dearest man ever? The kindest, the most thoughtful, the most generous?
1: Have you told him he's a four? What? Uh, Have you told my Uncle Edgar he's a four? A hard-working, industrious, but doomed to failure? What are you talking about, boy? In other words,
2: a clod? No, hold on. Uh, A complete and total clod? It so happens that you know nothing whereof you speak, Mark. You told me so yourself. He's a four. It just so happens, Mr. Smarty. Your uncle is a nine. A number of high mental and spiritual achievement. Large-minded, visionary, idealistic, romantic, and passionate. You don't say. Nine is the best. Uh, How did he get to be a nine from being a four? I used his nickname, Eddie.
1: I was always called Eddie in my youth.
2: And Eddie Logan adds up to a 36, and three and six added together equals nine. So there. (laughs)
1: I was ready to give up. Not only had I lost my girl to my uncle, but she had him freaked out in this numerology gonk. I was disgusted with the both of them. Still, so, so when Uncle Edgar phoned me a few days later and asked me to have luncheon with him, well, I accepted. After all, I could use a good meal. I can't tell you, Mark, how grateful I am to you introducing me to Mimi the way you did. <laughs> It's made a big difference in my life. Yeah, hers too, I imagine. I hope she likes me. She seems to. Oh, oh by the way, uh, have you ever told her about that amazing coincidence? <laughs> uh, you, you remember the last time we had lunch here, you told me how your car had been sideswiped by a taxi and you got the license number? Uh, and it was the same as your address? Yeah, 2172. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And remember when the bill for lunch came, you asked me to add it up and it came to 2172? You remember that? Yeah. Three times in one day? Yes, yes, yes. Wasn't that the darnest thing? Want did you tell Mimi about it? No, I never did. Well, why not? I don't know. Well, she's so interested in numbers. Yeah. How about me turning out to be a nine, huh? How about that? Hey, hey nine is the best. Uh, what are you? Oh, I have no idea. Aren't you interested? Nope, not particularly. You never knew I used to be called Eddie, did you? To me, you've always been Uncle Edgar. At school. College. I was always called Eddie, and then I met Kate, we got married. And uh, I wasn't called Eddie anymore. And Kate didn't like calling me Eddie. And lucky you remembered that uh, about being called Eddie. Yeah. Or you'd be a four. Uh, by the way, is your car fixed? Huh? Where well, the taxi took the paint off. You get it fixed up? Oh, oh, sure. Long time ago. Looks all right. Good as new. <laughs> and Mimi's quite car She loves being driven around in it. You know. When you called me, I thought you wanted me to take you to the cemetery. It's about time, isn't it? Matter of fact, Mark, the reason I called you for lunch, uh, I wanted to ask you to do something else. Oh? Uh, What's that? Uh, Mimi moved into her new apartment today. Oh, yeah, the one that you found for (laughs) her. Yeah, and I thought maybe we'd go up there and look at it. Maybe take some champagne, kind of to christen it. (laughs) You you really want me to come along? Oh, Oh, I do, yes, I do. After all, if it hadn't been for you, Mark, I'd never have met Mimi. It would be nice if we went up there together, not just me alone. <laughs> Will you? <laughs> sure. Why not? Good. Good. And, and later we'll talk about going out to the cemetery. It was a beautiful apartment building, all right. The lobby had a marble floor and the walls were paneled. And the a few tall potted plants here and there. Very simple, very good. The elevator was noiseless and swift, and the hall down to Mimi's apartment was done in rice paper. Couldn't have been nicer. I looked with some affection at my Uncle Edgar. He seemed like a little young boy who was taking you to see a Christmas tree.
2: Eddie! Oh, Eddie! I'm so glad. I brought Mark. (laughs) Well, Mark, hello. Hello? Hello? Uh, both of you, come in and look around. What do you think of it?
1: It's nice. Yeah. It's really nice, Mimi.
2: Uh, of course, it needs some new furniture. This old stuff. Uh, don't you
1: worry your little head about furniture. We'll find some furniture. Look, I brought champagne.
2: Oh, Eddie. You're so wonderful. Isn't he wonderful, Mark?
1: Oh, he's is the line, all right. Yeah. Uh, glasses, glasses. How about some glasses?
2: I'll get some. Um... I don't know if I've got the
1: right kind. Any kind will do. <laughs> well, Mark? Very nice. Really? Actually, she wanted a place with a terrace, but no, I just couldn't go for that, Mark. Uh, no, of course you couldn't. Kate and all that. I don't know why I understand. But th- th- this will be all right, don't you think? Yeah. Well, better than All
2: right i got them i got them oh they're kind of big for champagne but they've got stems. ah they'll do fine i know champagne glasses are supposed to have stems eddie when are you going to open the champagne right now
1: (laughs) right away is there uh there more to the apartment (laughs) i can see there's a kitchen
2: of course there's more there's a bathroom and a great big bedroom only I can't take you in there right now. Oh, later's all right. Uh, the telephone man's in there, putting in my new telephone. Oh, isn't it exciting?
1: Hold out your glasses,
2: folks. them up. I've never been so excited my whole entire life. Yeah. To Mimi
1: and her do abode. Hey, Miss.
2: Oh, I almost filled. Uh, yes, what is it? Do you want to take a look? It's the telephone, ma'am. Uh, yes, I'll be right there. He wants me to check if the phone's in the right place. I got a pink one.
1: <laughs> so good to see somebody so happy. Uh, yes, it is. Well, I uh, I expect you'll be spending a good deal of time in this apartment. Well, if uh, if she'll let me. Well, I think she'll let you. It'll be good for me. Yes, it will, Uncle Edgar. Or should I say Uncle Eddie? Oh, no, never mind about that. It's a lot of nonsense, that, that numbers business. You think so? Well, you believe any of it? No, no. Well, neither do I. No, not really. Still, you never know, do you? No, no, you never do. Kind of fascinating once you get into it. Uh, but seriously, though, you know, I, I think you ought to tell Mimi about the three numbers that showed up on the same day. 2172? <laughs> <one, seven>, <laughs> I don't think she'd be interested. Well, she might. Maybe sometime. <laughs> when we've got nothing better to talk about, I'll tell her. If you think she'd really be interested. Well, it's just a thought.
2: Oh, that's marvelous. Thank you so much. Look, it's got an cord, a big long one. I can carry it all over the apartment, see? I can bring it right in here if I want to. Isn't that wonderful?
3: <laughs> wonderful, and
2: wonderful. Don't you love the color? I adore pink, and this is such a pretty shade of pink. Not too bright. Uh, what's the phone number? Oh, heavens, I forgot to look. Let's see. It's 555-2172. Five, five, five,
1: some champagne I think. Edgar just stared at Mimi with his mouth open. The same number. 2172. For the fourth time. It was too much. Really too much. really started something, didn't he, when he became obsessed with numbers. It all started when he discovered that if you shortened the strings of a musical instrument, the sound they made was of a higher pitch. And a string twice the length of another string gave out a sound precisely one octave lower. From this revelation, he leapt to the astounding conclusion that everything in the whole universe was ordered to one great mathematical design. Who's to say he was wrong? I'll be back with our final act shortly. (laughs) Besides numerology, Pythagoras believed in reincarnation, that your character and your destiny were determined long before you were born by your previous existences the name moreover that your parents gave you was determined by their previous existences it would seem would it not that no one has much if any choice in what one is or becomes i don't know about you but i find that rather depressing the fourth coincidence of the number, 2172, turning up in my uncle's life was, to say the least, disturbing. I tried not to think about it. But, as so often happens, it is impossible not to think about something you're trying not to think about. Five 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 two one seven two, Mimi's phone number, nothing more. That's what I told myself. That's what I was telling myself when the phone rang. Hello. Uh, Mark. Oh, Uncle Edgar. I, I, I thought it might be you.
3: I'm, I'm all shook up, boy. I don't mind telling you. After what happened yesterday.
1: Well, I'm a little little shook up myself. How could it happen? I don't know, Uncle. I can't even guess.
3: Is somebody out to get me?
1: Okay, come on, now. Oh, you mean the taxi company and the restaurant and the phone company? You mean they're all in like codes or something? You really believe that?
3: I, I don't know what to
1: believe, Mark. Mark, look, I, I'm in a bad way. I wish I could do something. Well, there, there is one thing you could do. Name it. Uh, drive me out to the cemetery? Of course. Would you do that? Well, sure I will. When when do you want me to go?
3: Uh, today.
1: today. Today? Sure, sure. What time? Well, in, in about an hour. That'll give me time to get some flowers. Is that okay? Sure. Mark, I thought I'd get a whole lot of white carnations. Uh, they don't last long, but they're pretty... They were Kate's favorites. Oh. I've never felt worse in my whole life. I'll grant you, i I'd been more than a little jealous when my uncle and all his money moved in on my girl. Well, true, she, she was stupid and silly and mercenary to the core, but but we've been uh, involved, though never committed. And I didn't like losing her. But the sight of this middle-aged man who thought he'd found a little pleasure, a little gaiety, a little relief in the barrenness of his days, it wasn't easy to look at. And all because of a telephone number, 555-2172. That runs nicely, doesn't it? Yeah. Handles easy. Don't you think? Very. Yeah, first time I got one that wasn't black. All the others I bought were black. Until this one. It's dark gray. Yeah. A a very dark gray. Yeah. Can't think why I put off this trip for so long. Oh, it hasn't been very long. No longer than usual. Well, maybe a little longer, but not much. I used to go to the cemetery regularly. (laughs) Well, you know, you always drove me. Uh Uh-huh. I used to go regularly. And I was planning to go when that number business happened? 2172? I can't understand why it happened. Can you? Oh, it's coincidence. It's pure coincidence. I wish I could believe that. Believe it. I was starting to believe it. I I was beginning to just, you know, dismiss it from my mind. Well, that's what you should do. Dismiss it from your mind. But Mimi's telephone number, 555-2172. why give her that enough? By chance, Uncle Edgar. Your sheer chance, that's all. Uh, maybe. No, 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 maybe. Absolutely. I should never have taken up with Mimi. Oh, well, I don't know about that. Your Aunt Kate was such a wonderful woman. You know, what's one thing got to do with the other? I don't know. If Kate hadn't had those fainting spells, none of this would have happened. She wouldn't fall off the terrace. That's true. The thing is, Kate couldn't stand an argument. Oh? I didn't know that. Simply could not stand an argument of any kind. Whenever we'd argue, she'd start hyperventilating, and then she'd get dizzy, and sometimes she'd faint. I should never have argued with Kate. A wonderful woman like that. She lived for me, Mark. I was her whole world. Nothing counted for Kate but me. I should never have argued with her. Uh, about anything. Wait, isn't this the turn off of the cemetery? Yes, it is, yes. <laughs> Carnations are pretty, don't you think? Yeah, very pretty. Uh, they were her favorite flower. He told me. Did I? Hmm? I must have forgot. Sign of age. You want me to stop up ahead, don't you? Yeah, yeah, the regular place. Then you wait for me. I know. I'll try not to be too long. Oh no, take as long as you like. Oh, here, I'll hand you the flowers. Yeah. You got them? Yeah, yeah, I got them. I hope she likes them. They were her favorite, white carnations. Oh, I told you that. Uh, getting old. I sat in the car and watched him trudge off toward the grave. His shoulders were bent, and he leaned forward a little as though against the wind, though there wasn't any. The great sheaf of white carnations nodded gaily at me over his shoulder, and I never felt so sorry for anybody in my life. I think I was starting to cry when all of a sudden... They were dreadful cries, the most awful sounds I've ever heard. I jumped out of the car and ran to the grave, and there was Uncle Edgar, ashen-faced and trembling all over. The carnation lay carelessly on the ground, and my uncle's shaking forefinger was pointing to the headstone of his wife's grave.
3: Look, look what it says. <laughs> Catherine Ogan died May 21, 1972. You see that? What am I supposed to see? Catherine Ogun. K.L. The initials are K.L. You see that? See what? Died May. You get it? She died in May. May is the fifth month of the year. But I don't... Kate died May 21st. 2-1 2-1
1: No, I don't
3: understand and the words you're don't K-L On the telephone dial K-L is 5-5 five, five. Then the month of May Another 5 May 21 2-1 one. 1972 7-2 They're the same, Nimi's phone number, and the J.K. died.
1: I sat with him for a long time, on the ground strewn with the white flowers. He wept, and I tried to put everything together in my mind. Could it all be just a coincidence? After a while, quite a long while, I got my uncle back to the car. He stopped crying and just sat beside me without speaking, like a man in severe shock, which he may well have been. When finally he did speak, it was very quietly, but very distinctly. I killed her. Now, Uncle Edgar, you did nothing of the sorts. I killed Kate uncle. She got dizzy and she fell. We all know that. She didn't, Paul. Yes, she did. I pushed her. You what? I pushed her off the terrace. Don't don't stop the car. I want to go to the police station. Keep going. I, I, I can't believe what you're saying. I want to give myself up. Uncle, I just can't believe it. I'll try and explain it to you on the way to the police station. So keep going. Such a wonderful woman, your aunt. I couldn't stand her. It's very hard, Mark, to live with somebody so wonderful when you're not so wonderful yourself. You know what I mean? Uh, I think so very difficult. Did I ever tell you they wanted me to run for state senator? No. No, you didn't. Of course, I might not have made it. Probably wouldn't have. Oh, I don't know about that. But Kate wouldn't hear of it. Said it would ruin my health. Oh? And it would take me away from her. Oh. And the thought of me being away from her, she just couldn't stand that. I was her whole life. Yeah. She loved me so much. That's what she kept saying. She loved me so much. I I was all she had. What would she do if she couldn't be with me? I'd forget her. I'd be ashamed of her. She wouldn't fit in. I'd get to hate her. A whole lot of stuff like that. She went on and on. Until I finally said, okay, I wouldn't run for senator. Mm too bad. That was the only time they ever asked me. They never asked me again. See, you'd, you'd have made a good senator. I thought so. But, Kate, <laughs> you, know, you know, that that was what we were arguing about when you came in that day. Oh, I, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah that was it. Well, why, didn't, why didn't you ever tell me? Well, after that day, there wasn't any question of my running. Uh, Tell me exactly what happened, Uncle Edgar, that day. I told you. We had this big fracas about me running for state senator. Got pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah? Kate started hyperventilating. You know the way she did? Yes, I know. Big, deep, gasping breaths. Deep, deep... And she started to sort of sway a little, hang on to the back of a chair. Mm-hmm. Then what? Well, of course, I stopped. Stopped? Stopped arguing. I always stopped arguing when she started hyperventilating, because I knew she might go into one of her faints. I, I said, OK, OK, forget it. Just forget the whole thing. Forget I ever mentioned it. Just forget it. But she was still gasping for breath. <laughs> sort of swaying back and forth. So I said, maybe she better go and lie down. That's what she usually did. Yes, I I remember her lying down. Yeah, yeah, she said she would. And then the doorbell rang, and it was you. I said I'd let you in, and she said make her excuses, etc., etc. And I started for the door to let you in, but instead of going to a room, she headed for the terrace. I said, where are you going? And she said get some fresh air. She'd only stay a minute. And then she went out there. Mm-hmm. And you let me in? And then what? When well, you and I talked, what did we talk about? Do you remember? Uh, oh, something about the ball game. Yeah. I thought, I thought she'd been out there too long, so I got up and went to the door of the terrace. I, I could see her standing there. And Mark... I hated her so much. I hated that woman so much, I, I stepped out on the terrace and came up behind her and, and gave her a shove. And she went over. Now you know all about it. Uh, what are you slowing down for? I want to get to the police station. Uh, Uncle Edgar. I want you to listen to me very carefully. You didn't kill your wife. I was there and I know. Everything you told me, it, it's true enough, except the very last part. You never went out on the terrace. You stood at the door and looked out. So I, I remember seeing you standing there while I was babbling on about the ball game, and I, I remember thinking how unhappy you looked. And now I know why. I hated her. I hated that wonderful woman. But you were still standing at the door when I heard her scream. She went over the side. Yes, but you didn't push her, Uncle Edgar. You may have thought of it, you may have wanted to, but you you never went near her. I was there, and I know. I wasn't making it up. That really is the way I remember that tragic day. But sometimes I lie awake at night and say the numbers over to myself. 2172. Why do they keep turning up? The last time with the numbers 555 five, five in front of them. Was there some nemesis pursuing my uncle? Some persistent hand of fate reaching out for him? Something mystical from beyond the grave telling him he was a murderer? I don't suppose I'll ever know. Mark is not the first to muse on the possible mystical attributes of numbers. Pythagoras and his followers believed in them implicitly. And that in order to divine the future, one had only to discover the fundamental numerical relationships between one thing and another. Whether he ever solved this extraordinarily complicated equation, I do not know. He never wrote it down. I'll be back shortly. Would you hire a person with epilepsy? Before you answer, consider this. Companies that do employ people with epilepsy say these employees often have better job performance, attendance, and safety records than non-handicap workers. Employers also find that when employees are given the facts about epilepsy, they're most understanding. And even if a person has a seizure on the job, co-workers aren't alarmed, they're helpful. Accident insurance rates don't increase when you employ people with epilepsy. These rates aren't based on who's employed, but on the actual accident experience of the company and of similar companies in the area. Most types of epilepsy are controlled by medication. That's why people who've chosen not to reveal their condition can keep it hidden. Why hide? Well, that gets me back to the question. Would you hire a person with epilepsy? Epilepsy. It's not what you think. Get the facts. Contact your local epilepsy chapter or write Epilepsy Foundation of America, Washington, D.C. 20036. Oh, incidentally, it's said that the followers of Pythagoras believed other things too, besides the supremacy of numbers. They believed in putting the right sandal on before the left, but in washing the left foot before the right. Things like that. I just thought you might find it interesting. Our cast included Earl Hammond, Charles Irving, and Roberta Maxwell. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Now, a preview of our next tale. I'm... I'm scared. Of what? Read it this way. The guy really is the boy from down there, old Nick. Or makes out to be. How could he touch you? You don't believe in all that junk, do you? When it comes, we have to lay it on the line, I don't know. Come on, Moella. We were brought up right. We go to early mass every day. And all the high masses, we can make holidays. We confess. Do we believe all the way? I don't know. I'm scared I made a deal for the best part of me just because I wanted to be top dog in the circus maybe you shouldn't fly tonight I think what you need is a good rest maybe some aspirin no no I'll fly but after I'm going to have a talk with the man get my head straightened out I just realized it (laughs) my whole life is riding on just how real Diablo is this is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater